Have you heard about the guys over at Chinook Seedery? They are the only sunflower seed company that is taking the time to connect with college athletes and trying to help them build their brand. They have eight flavors from mild to wild with way less salt and no sandpaper tone. So check them out today over at ChinookSeedery.com. National Championship. That's simple. It's the goal of the team. I think we have stuff to do it. Yeah, so uh, we're doing an event at uh, Globe Life, the opening weekend, and so we'll take shoes, any financial donations, and so we're super excited for that. And then, I mean, yeah, we're going to the Dominican again this summer, and so super excited to be able to give back any way we can. Yo, what is up, everybody? It is time again for the In Off the Bench podcast. I am Daniel Ball, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, my partners in crime, my brothers from other mothers, Jim Cross, Randy Jowers, and boys, tonight's episode six, and it's titled More Than a Savage, because we got more than Randy, more than Fred, more than Ben. We got Luke Savage, TCU baseball star, joining us. He's going to talk to us about his season coming up and what the big aspirations are for the Horn Frogs this spring so guys i want to get right to it help me welcome on to the show with the biggest interview and in podcasting this week tcu baseball star luke savage luke my man we first of all we appreciate you coming on we are honored to have you how are you tonight I'm doing great. I'm just excited to be here. Man, we're so excited to have you, and we appreciate it. So first question off top, I got to know, as we're looking you up, we're doing our research for the show, we, we like to know things. I see your last name is Savage, and your number's not 21. Tell us why. I mean, I've tried since my freshman year to get the number 21. I put in as soon as the year was over, and it's actually my roommate that has 21, and I've got everyone on the team to try and peer pressure him into giving it to me. I've offered money. I've offered food. I've offered everything, and he still said no. So who who is your roommate? Exactly. Garrett Wright. Everybody find him on Instagram immediately. Right Please. now, we're Everybody we're gonna blow him. blow him up. <laughs> I oh. do as many as I can get. I, yeah, I got man. a question though about this number. At, at what point in your career? Because obviously, twenty one isn't isn't probably the go-to number but at some point you realize oh man like that would be pretty pretty dope to have 21 and with my last name savage and then more than more than anything you get to see it flash all together on the back of the jersey so at what point do you go man i really want 21 is it in college or was it prior to that so it's actually with danny and tomlinson was my favorite football player growing up and so i had like every single one of his jerseys so it started there and then, like, obviously, 21 Savage blew up, and I had the last name. And then, like, it really started to, like, come about when NIL stuff would come in, and people would be like, man, I want your jersey. Like, people would come up to me in class and be like, waiting on that Savage jersey. But if it was 21, like, I'd go for it, no doubt. And that was when I was like, all right, I really got to try and push for this. So far, it hasn't hasn't come to fruition, but. We're going to do what we look in off the bench. You know, we, we got me and Jim have a pretty decent, you know, Twitter following. So we're going to put some pressure on Garrett, right? You know what I mean? We're going to, we're coming out. He's, he's Twitter active, so he'll see it. Oh, man. We're Jim. We have a mission now to get everybody involved. We're talking all SEC, Big 12. Big, I don't care where you play. I don't care what you do. 
We got to get my boy Luke Savage. We'll have spitting seeds. You know, we'll have spitting seeds because that's it. That's oh, their yeah. boy. He'll they'll be with us. Don't put the pressure. <laughs> All right, so we'll love it. Garrett will love it. So with, please so, do. L L T man, that's that's a pretty decent football player. We're gonna get into all that. I mean, but when you're growing up, like the nicknames come up. I mean, was it like Macho Man? I mean, I mean, what what what's the bit? What's the, your favorite thing they called you with the last name Savage? I mean, it's gonna sound cliche, but it's just simple, just Savage. Like everybody called me Savage. My teachers would call me Savage. Coaches would call me Savage. Like I couldn't tell you the last time I've been called Luke. And so just just straight Savage was was the go to, and that was my favorite. I like to be called that, and that's my last name is Jower. So, I mean, well, I Randy, if, if, if he was younger though, because you know uh, Daniel, I believe Daniel's favorite wrestler of all time was was Macho Man Randy Savage. If he if he would have grown yep. up in a different generation, that probably would have been it. I mean, there's a lot there's a lot of famous savages out there, and you know, I Luke, you're you're the most famous one I've ever met. So, thank, <laughs> thank you for that. Oh man, let's let's move on from that. Look, we're gonna start you out with some softball. Let's break into it. Name your favorite movie of all time. So I'm gonna give two, but one of them, so Avengers Endgame, because I just feel like I grew up watching Marvel the whole time. Absolutely. And then I recently watched one that is called uh, Machine Gun Preacher. And I was up there. I was surprised, but it was very good. I like it. So obviously, um, you're a baseball guy. You know, you pitch a little bit. If you had to name a favorite baseball movie, what is it? Oh boy, I feel like there's added pressure with this one. I would probably have to just go Rookie of the Year. You can't oh, go man. wrong. You can't go wrong there. I think a lot, a lot of people would pick Moneyball. You know, the trouble with there's just so many yep. you could throw out there. Field of Dreams. There's, yeah, there's so many great ones. Yeah, there is. But you cannot go wrong with Rookie of the Year. You can't. Well, well Randy, we we talk about the Twitter thing. It came up the other day. Me and Daniel had fun with it because there was a question that was asked, "Who was the greatest Henry?" And of course, we said Rowan Gardner all day. Oh, oh, yep. That's no oh, doubt. absolutely. Certainly not Derek. Anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> you're down there. You're down there in Texas, obviously, but like favorite musician or band. So if, I, if it's not Twenty One Savage, you're we're cutting this thing. Yeah, we're no, done. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You know it's, it's, you know it's Morgan Wallen. It's, 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 it's Luke. It's Luke Cone Savage. <laughs> yeah, gotta be. It's not. I I like a small band. They're called Need to Breathe. It's like Southern rock. I like. To, it's like Kings of Leon type. So that's my favorite band. Okay, well, I can honestly tell you, Luke, you were the first person that's ever said. <laughs> that on the show but i, I dig it. i like i now you have now i'm gonna go on apple music as soon as we get off this show and i'm gonna check them out and if they suck i'll be Please. in your dms and i won't be going at garrett for your 20 no i'm just kidding i'm just kidding man. i'll check i'll check them out but at least right. he didn't say luke combs or morgan wallen for real man it's everybody been a while. it's been a while everybody has been saying morgan wallen or luke combs and uh. That's that's pretty much the the top two hey actually you know what randy you didn't stick around long enough for us to actually look into the Paul Skeen's favorite uh band, bro. Hey, I hope Paul don't listen to this. Me and Daniel were having a tough time going through. I don't even remember what, what was he Paul's. Said. I I gotta know what Paul's was. Daniel, do you still got the notes? <laughs> you throw it away. It was like Flatland something, and it was. Oh, was it was it Flatland Calvary? Yes, yeah. and they're terrible. Oh, no, Luke loves it. I can see it right now. He's like, I kind of dig them, guys. No, no. My roommate, that's his favorite band. He went to, like, backstage ticket. Not Garrett. Different roommate. Okay. Okay. All right. Need to breathe. We got a little need to breathe coming at you featuring Gavin DeGraw. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Let's just, let's just take this in for a second. 
No. <sighs> well, the next question was going to be favorite athlete, but I think you answered that question with LT. But so any other athlete growing up besides LT, who is it? Uh, Odell Beckham. Controversial, but he's my, I mean, after I, so I went and saw him play when TCU played LSU in like 20, I want to say 13, or it was a long time ago. And then I kind of just like, I don't know, I played receiver growing up. And so that was kind of where it all started. And then obviously the catch and it was like, who doesn't want to do that? So let me ask you a question, Luke Savage. Do you think that the gloves that they wear now really lend themselves to making those one-handed catches? Cause we see it. It's like Devontae made one yesterday. I mean, it's there. It was incomplete yep. by the way, but I mean, I, I, I put absolutely. some on and I feel like I could catch anything. I, I agree. I mean, my brother is in eighth grade and he brings me the gloves that they use. And I'm like, you could just not even squeeze and it's just going to stick yeah. right to it. Yeah, they always got on to the older guys for wearing stickums, and I swear I think that these gloves are stickier than the stickums. I agree, and they just keep getting stickier. The problem was, Randy, I could catch the ball. I just wasn't fast, so until they figure out how to make <laughs> me faster, that's an issue. Yeah, I mean, I think I could definitely, like, play tight end, but not, like, actually run. Like, not Kelsey tight end, but, like, maybe, like, another tight end that just stands there. Like you know a, I mean? Jason, Jason Witten type tight end, catch and well, drop. You just oh. named my favorite tight end of all time. So that's 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 a pretty pretty good one. But yeah, I agree. I mean, listen, back in college, my boy was at Tennessee doing his thing. He could run back then, but oh, you yeah. take enough you take enough hits to the knees, Luke, and you don't run no more. Oh I, I don't blame him. I'm yeah. I'm getting down for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh favorite team growing up of any sport. Doesn't have to be baseball, football, any professional, whatever it is. Favorite team. Phillies, for sure. Phillies. How did you become a Phillies fan, Luke? How? So I was born in Philadelphia and then we were there when they won the world series and they had that stretch of like Roy Halladay, all the, I mean, Jimmy Rollins, like Ryan Howard. So that was my team growing up. And then it was a tough stretch for like 10 years of just hoping to make the playoffs till this year. And then obviously the, the run, but yeah, y'all, y'all put the Cardinals out of the playoffs. That was pretty sad. But... Yeah. So Anyways. Had, is that when they had Jason Worth and, wasn't Chase yep, Utley on Jason that team? Moore. Chase, yeah, oh yeah, Chase Utley. I mean, that I'll let you stacked. mention that's pretty stacked team. That was the team that oh, yeah. lost had... to the Yankees, right, in the World Series. Yeah, that 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 yep. team. Both teams were stupid stacked. I think that was the last Yankees oh, World gosh. Series, unless unless I'm misremembering. Is that is that a, a Holiday Phillies Phillies team and a Cole? Uh, what's the space Phillies team? Cole Hamels, Cliff yeah. Lee, Cliff yep. Lee. Oh man, God, that's good. That's that's team, real good. that oh, team yeah. had it all. They had arms, they had bats, they had oh, defense. I mean, that team had it all. Absolutely. Yep. All right. One more question before I turn you over to DB. Who wins the Super Bowl between the Eagles and the Chiefs? Uh I don't know. So I'm I'm I mean, I'm a Phillies fan, born in Philadelphia, but I'm not an Eagles fan. So I don't have any ties. But I'm gonna I think I'm gonna go with the Eagles. They're just too too talented to go against i think yeah so i understand why people are saying that and i think that the story of jalen hurts if you're looking for a role model for your kid to be jalen hurts is that guy you're talking about a guy that that went in got benched in the national championship game kept his head up transferred wins the heisman goes on has this incredible success now he's led his team to the super bowl just a winner and he does it with class and Mm -hmm. dignity and all that i say all that to say this luke I'm going with Killer Trav because I want the guy that, that comes in after hey. the game. Didn't say a word all week long. <laughs> comes in after, 
Tells yep. him to shut your mouth and know your role. Shut your Woo! mouth. Exactly why, that's right. And that's exactly why I'm going with the Eagles because he started popping off. His stat line sucked. He hadn't done nothing in the four games he's played against Joey B. And guess what, Randy? I'm blowing the whistle sucked. segment. I'm blowing the whistle during a Luke Savage interview. Dude, I went and watched. all. There's 20 missed calls in that game. The NFL got what they wanted. I just want you to know that, Randy. Well, we're moving on. So, Daniel, we're not even going to talk about that because that's ridiculous. Daniel, would, I, I want to know who Daniel would pick because he's a Cowboys fan. So, I don't think uh, the, the Chiefs. I'm not going to let uh, an <laughs> Eagles blowout of a terrible 49er pathetic performance. And they weren't even the real 49er team. Definitely that, not. That's what always happens. The Cowboys will play a team and get their best, and then they'll turn around <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. And play like garbage. Let, let me ask, since we got a picture Sorry. on, how how uh, fascinated were you with the fact that I mean, you don't hear about UCL injuries in in football, oh, right? That was what was wild. Mm-hmm. And so when you think about it as a pitcher, and you saw that he couldn't throw the football, it all made sense, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, because so we were having practice during the game, but we would like come in in between innings, and we would just check in on it. And as soon as we saw Purdy was out, we were like do you think that that's UCL? Cause like, it's, it's never happened before. And then right. the news came out today, obviously that he's out six months. So it's, I mean, that's crazy, but it makes before, sense. How he couldn't come in the game. Yeah. He couldn't throw the ball before we get to, I, we, I think we know who Jim's going to pick, but um, I think that what, here's what got it for me, Luke, is that the whole time that all we've heard about, and, and I'm not, this is no disrespect to Joe Burrow. He's amazing, but everybody mm-hmm. just like sleeps on Patrick Mahomes and the dude's been to five straight AFC championships. Got it. Now is his third mm-hmm. Super Bowl in five years. I think we just forget greatness when we see it so much. I think it happens all, all the time in sports, right? And But to me, we saw that Patrick Mahomes was at probably 60%, really couldn't move, mm-hmm. and he still just did so many things. Even as an athlete, do you sometimes watch a guy like that and you're like, how? How did he do that? Oh, yeah. Oh, all the time. And, it, I mean, going from the game where it's like you clearly see his ankle is messed up and, I mean, it looks nasty on film, and you're like, how is he even going to play? And then he goes out at 50 to 60% and has like a super high QBR, 300 some yards, no interceptions and leads them to victory. I mean, pretty much like single-handed. So, I mean, it's, it's crazy to see that type of stuff. Agreed. I mean, that's, that's how you know that you're seeing greatness because that guy at 50 or 60% is better than 95% of the league. Yeah, that that dart he threw, I texted you and Randy when he threw that one. Oh, my goodness. I was like, that's unreal. You know what was crazy about that, Jim? When you did say that, what was really blowing my mind was the receiver didn't even know he had the ball for the first, like, half a second. <laughs> it's like he was sandwiched, and he's like, oh, snap. It's the oh, ball. Right. Cause it, yeah, because it looked like the DB was going to get there, it right? It did. It did. Man. Well, Luke, man, let's 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 get into this, man. Let's take me back. Let's talk about your hometown a little bit. Tell us a little bit about where you're from. Yeah, so, I mean, I think of myself as a native Texan. I know I was born in Philly, but I moved, like, six times and then pretty much settled in Texas in, like, fourth grade around there. And so I'm going to have to stop you, Luke. You ain't from Texas if you don't like the Cowboys. So get out of here with that I'm from Texas (laughs) junk. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm I'm kidding. I mean, everybody everybody is entitled to like who they like, um, but – so, Texas is everything bigger in Texas? Texas? It is. I and I, well, I still remember coming. So, like when I moved here in fourth grade, I thought all people do is ride horses and listen to country music, 
and then you fly into DFW and it's like a huge city. And I mean, everything really is bigger. The food's bigger. I mean, the home runs are bigger. It's all bigger. Everything. So um, a little bit about your family. I mean, obviously you got, you got some siblings, just you, mom, dad, brother, sister. What's, what's it look like in the house? Yeah, no, exactly that. So mom, dad, brother, sister, they're both younger. So I'm the oldest. My sister is a freshman at Texas tech. And then my brother's in eighth grade, plays football, basketball, baseball, trying to get him to be a pitcher, but I think football and basketball are his first love. So we'll see. What, what is that like being the oldest? Is there pressure that comes with that? I mean, especially like you're, you're an elite athlete playing at elite, you know, caliber school. Um, is there pressure or you just try to do the best you can be a role model and, and, and guide along the way? I think, yeah, you're just trying to do your best and guide him in any way that you can. I think the pressure is just kind of, I mean, it's, it's there, but if you pay attention to it, it'll get the best of you. So really just trying to do the best I can and be the best brother I can for him. How fun is it that your sister goes to Texas tech and you go to TCU? So my whole family is a tech family. I'm the first one, like from my grandparents to not go to tech. So like my, my parents both went to tech. My aunt and uncles went to tech. My whole family is pretty much in Lubbock. And then I was the one that was like, I'm actually going to go to TCU. And then my sister is obviously a tech now too. So it's definitely divided. And my dad roots for tech every weekend. Obviously not when we're playing them, but he roots for tech and football every year. Big Mahomes guy. So yeah, no, it's, it's we're we were a huge tech family before, before I committed to TCU. You realize that you're not in the family group techs, right? <laughs> <laughs> No, man. Um, you know, obviously baseball, you, you're awesome. You're amazing. But, you know, we talk to athletes all the time and we find out like baseball wasn't their only sport and it really wasn't their first true love. So, you know, the question's kind of got to be thrown to you now. Um, is baseball your only sport? If not, what were the other sports that you, you played? Yeah, so I played football, basketball, baseball growing up and then really settled on football and baseball. And honestly, like up until probably like my freshman, sophomore year of high school, I thought I was going to go D1 for football. I mean, my first love was being a receiver. I love football. And like growing up, I thought I'm going to be the next Bo Jackson. That was the goal was like, you know, I'm going to play both and whatever. And then you quickly realize that not everyone is Bo Jackson and you can't do that. Turns out but, nobody yeah, is. I mean, football was. Yeah, it turns out it's just Bo and Dion. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's a pretty small percentage of people that can do it both or both well. Um, but obviously, growing up, the dream, like it, you know, you got big dreams, you got big ambitions. Why not? Um, but it, at at what point? I mean, was it high school where you go? I got to settle in on one of these, or was it earlier than that? I mean, so I thought I was going to play both throughout high school. And then it was like pretty much around my sophomore year. I had like a big tick in velo and that's when school started looking at me. And so in football, we actually like around that same time, we won the state championship. And then like a month later, I committed to TCU. And so I thought, you know, why not now hang it up? I'm on a high note. I can put all of my effort into baseball because that's what I'm going to be doing with my future. And so that's kind of just how it played out. Man, Luke so, Savage could give advice, Daniel, to Tom Brady about going out on a high note, bro. I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. man. Oh man. Luke, so 
you, you start realizing in high school, what high school did you go to? I went to Prestonwood in Plano. All right. So tell me about Prestonwood. Is it what I would picture in Friday night lights, like you're going out on the field and it's like a stadium atmosphere with like 20,000 people and it's raucous and that's the town shut down. No, I mean, so we were on the smaller end. I mean, we played like a lot of really good schools. Like my freshman and sophomore year, we played against Jalen Waddle, and he was like the best athlete I've ever seen in my life, scoring like five touchdowns against us in triple coverage. I mean, it was insane. But it wasn't like, you know, the Allen, the the big schools where it's 18,000 people are coming out in some huge stadium. But we, I mean, we had a decent turnout and the fans were great, but it was nothing like, nothing like the TV shows. Yeah, it's it's hard to say, like, if you've never been there, if the TV shows are really sensationalizing it or if that's actually what it is. I think there's probably a little mm-hmm. bit of, of both. I've uh, never seen anything like in Texas, but I know in Georgia, Atlanta, like I've, I've seen some of the stadiums there and it's it's kind of similar. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Did you got so you're telling me that they never said clear eyes, full heart, can't lose. Oh, no, that song played before every one of our games. OK. All right. I didn't want that to ruin my life, Luke. Thank you. He was talking about how small, well, I bet, but I bet it was still larger than ours, right? Like that, that's what I'm still picking. Oh, yeah. Football and no. I've only been to two what Texas did, football what did, what, did Bolton, what did Bolton hold, Daniel? Do you happen to know? The I know. Stadium? I can tell you exactly what it holds. It holds 800. <laughs> that's all we had. Damn. I mean, and it, it was sold out every game, Luke. Let me tell you. <laughs> Even if we were going to lose <laughs> every awesome. week, it, they were there. And when they say lose. That's like, all that matters. Diehard they, fan base. Like real lose. I mean, like <laughs> look, 40, Luke, 44 to 6. Luke, look, hey, I'll tell you this. Uh, I threw the best parties on Friday nights, and people always talk about, man, y'all throw epic parties on Friday. And they say, why? Because like, we know we're going to lose the football game, so we might as well do something fun along the way because football wasn't ever going <laughs> to go well. Exactly. You might as well. Man, it's uh, it, you're bringing back back some uh some sad memories. Man. <laughs> I, I I tried really hard. I I played my ass off. Luck, luckily, games. Luke. Hey, I only played football. This guy over here, he's sitting there getting, talking about sad memories. He was a dominant pitcher for our baseball team, which was really good. So don't let him make you feel bad. Okay, I was just a straight loser. He got to win some. <laughs> yeah that that was the the saving grace of my high school athletic career. But I, I don't want to talk about me. This is about you. Um, but before we jump into some of these accolades on, on the diamond, dude, I, I want to stop for a second and kind of talk about, you know, obviously you've got this this thing. It's charity. And I call it a thing because I probably can't give it justice on what blessed feet is. So I want you to tell us a little bit about what that is but also like you're taking mission trips to the dominican republic you're you're doing big things with this charity organization how did it come to be and and what exactly is it and and how amazing is it to be be able to be a part of that yeah i mean it's been incredible and i'll kind of just go with where it started so in high school through prestonwood a week before spring break we would be able to go on mission trips and so we were able to go with our high school baseball team and we ended up going to the Dominican Republic twice. And that was just like, I mean, culture shock, eye opening. 
like you, you hear stories about how like life changing it is to go, but then you you're there for the first time and just meeting all these people and like seeing the conditions that they live in, but then also just like the joy that they have and how much they love baseball. I mean, it's crazy. Like kids are out there playing for eight hours a day and baseball is literally all that they have just out there working all day. And like, when I say they wake up throwing 90, I, sometimes I think it's true. They just walk out and flip flops and throw 90. Like there's a guy that threw 90 with both, both arms and it was crazy. But I mean, the, these kids just kind of being there the first and, and the second time, it was just like super eye opening. And then when we got back from the second trip, I had become like super close with like a mentor down there. He coaches and runs like a youth organization. And that was right when COVID hit. So everything kind of shut down. Nobody had anything to do. And so I would just be like calling him, texting him, being like, is there anything we can do for y'all? And he was like, I mean, you were down here. We, we could use shoes. We could use gear. I mean, the kids out here, they're, they're tearing through these shoes if they even have them at all. And so I knew just from like being in North Texas and, you know, our feet grow like crazy. It's like you're growing out every three months of new shoes and they're in great condition. And I was like, I bet I have six pairs in my garage right now that would be in perfect shape. And so that's kind of where the idea started. And then over like the next two years or so, it kind of like blossomed into Blessed Feet Now, which we just, we collect shoes, we collect shoes, gear, financial donations, and all of it goes back into getting shoes, cleats, and gear into kids that need it the most. And so we've taken like 500 pairs of shoes and cleats to the Dominican, and then we hope to give them away locally in DFW and then hopefully internationally to where it's just an annual thing and we can go all the time. What what kind of message does that, or are you able to relay? Because obviously you see it firsthand and you can relay it in your words and in your interpretation to your teammates, but how humbling and how appreciative does it make you when you walk into that TCU locker room and your your jerseys are pressed and they're nice and neat mm-hmm. and you got the best of the best gear like right there at your disposal, man. That's got to be humbling, yeah, right? It's, it, absolutely. I think it's hard to put into words just the perspective that you get from being down there and seeing the the joy that these kids have with them almost like nothing like they, they would be in shock to see what what we have here and so just to be able to see that I think puts a, a humbling perspective on everything that you do and I mean you know D1 baseball it's a grind it like obviously we love it but you know it's hard practices all that sort of thing school but just being there it gives you a whole new perspective of like man I'm really getting to live my like live my dream out of being to do baseball in some of the nicest facilities with amazing people and amazing gear and so kind of, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's it's hard to put into words, but it's super eye-opening. I'll tell you, Luke, because I've seen it myself. When I was 17, I went on a mission trip to Brazil, and mm-hmm. I was watching kids absolutely dominate playing soccer on a dirt field with no shoes on. And all I could think yep. was, imagine if you gave them some grass and some cleats. Oh, my God. Because they were nasty without mm-hmm. it. And it was like, oh, yeah. but they didn't have it. They just didn't have it. That's why we were down there. Yeah. But yeah, y'all absolutely. y'all don't y'all don't know this, but that that guy that was throwing ninety from the left and the right that Luke was talking about, he's he's enrolling next year at TCU. So just <laughs> just just know that. Now we know that what he's really awesome. doing down there. Yeah, <laughs> recruiting, recruiting. So <laughs> that man, that's awesome. I, I gotta ask, man, because you got the humanitarian side, you got the hair flow, you got the beard, you got the mustache. I mean, you're all academic, all state and Texas and high school. I mean, you're, you're 
elite level like what what what's going on down there in in texas like are they like are you a machine like are you a robot like, <laughs> it, it, like i gotta know like it's okay like we can edit this out you can just tell us we'll edit it out or you know we'll we'll just keep it between us but for real dude as as long as it gets cut then yeah no i'm just i'm just kidding no. i mean Man. you created in a lab let's call it's, it what it was yeah i mean <laughs> something explain it to me but obviously you we're talking you know that not just academics and the humanitarian you got the baseball to go with it you were uh, team MVP, you were a Dallas Morning News stat leader for ERA wins, strikeouts, RBI, home runs, stolen bases as a junior. As a senior, you were hitting 467 in a home run and 19 RBIs at the time like COVID came through and shut things down. So let's talk about it for a second. What, you know, reflecting back on it, what was your favorite season and what was your favorite moment um, in high school? I mean, I feel like there's so many, I would have to say, I mean, my favorite season was junior. I feel like it would be senior year if it wasn't for COVID, but we didn't get to finish it off. But I mean, junior season, I was getting to play with my best friends and it's hard, it's hard to be when you're going out every day playing with your best friends and, you know, you have a great team around you. So I think, I feel like that's just, it's hard to beat that. I don't, I don't know if we've talked to anybody yet. I mean, maybe we have, but it's been a minute. Um, that had their high school season during COVID. So when that's ripped away from you, like, what is, what is that feeling? I mean, is it, was it relief? Oh man, finally get a little break. Or is it like, that's kind of like an immature attitude, but I'm trying to put myself in a high school perspective. Like, obviously you might've already known where you were going to school at this time. So what does that feeling do for you when they say, all right, we're, we're, calling it for this season I feel like I mean it it was really hard for us because so we had pretty much like all of my best friends had grown up and we had all been on varsity pretty much since our freshman year and we had never gotten to like go through the playoffs we had pretty much lost first round every year and so senior year we're like this is our year we've got all the guys we've got all the talent and then we're having a really good year and then out of nowhere COVID hits and so I mean it didn't really feel real because we were all like, it's going to be like two week break and then we're going to come back. And then it was like, all right, it'll be a month break and then we'll come back. And then eventually it was like, shoot, like this is over. We're not going to be able to finish out the year. And so I feel like it was just kind of like a shock of like, it felt like we were going to come back and play, but then like it never really happened. And I don't think it sunk in really until we all headed off to college. I mean, at, at that point you're walking across the stage, grabbing a diploma and it's like, well, what now, you know? exactly yeah daniel i'll tell you we were talking about a church this past sunday randy will know exactly what i'm talking about you know when you talk about a senior year being cut off and we'll get you said we haven't got to talk to anybody but we got kate smith on uh, on deck here soon uh that team had desoto central had kyle booker at tennessee had kate smith had uh blaze jordan who got drafted in the third round by the red sox um, and then Bradley Lofton and Sidney Tapper, who are also or Brock Tapper, who are also Mississippi State, along with a, a bunch of ju- star JUCO guys. That team was locked and loaded to to win a championship. And the reason I bring it up, Luke, we've had a lot of those guys on. And one of the bragging rights that these DeSoto Central guys, the even the guys will brag to Austin Riley about how they have two rings versus his one. Um, of course, now he's got a World <laughs> Series trophy. But yeah, now those, he's got one. 
but those guys who got cut short by COVID, there was a squad of them that would have been able to probably say they had three and would have had all the bragging rights. And and COVID took it away. They were twelve and zero, rolling. They were ready, and then it was just gone. Yep. Oh, yeah, like just that. like that. Yep. So you played travel and summer ball with D Bat and the Dallas Tigers. Um, you know, was at what point dur- during your travel ball do colleges? I mean, obviously you, you said you committed early, but um, at what point do colleges start talking to you or putting you on a radar where you're going, oh man, like this is something big right here? Yeah. So, I mean, freshman year. So one of my roommates, he committed like our freshman summer and I was in the same team as him. And at that point I was probably throwing like maybe touching 80 miles an hour. And he was probably hitting like 92. And I was like, wow, this kid's really good. I don't think I'm ever going to be like this. And then kind of like over that next few months, I started to increase in velo. till I was like hitting 90 and probably like sitting upper eighties. And that was kind of when school started to look at me and they're like, all right, this kid, it's got a loose arm, whatever, all the projectable stuff. And so I kind of started talking to schools then. So what were the top schools? So I was looking TCU, obviously, and then I was looking at Stanford and Northwestern were the other two top schools. Texas Tech wasn't even on the list. Not even top three. Not even top three. Not on the list. No. All right. So obviously, you know, you end up at TCU. So what was it? that ultimately you know made the decision for you where you're like man that's this is where I'm going this is what feels right yeah I mean it's close to to where I'm from which is great so I can see my family they can come and see a lot of my games which is awesome um I mean I love the school I was looking for a smaller school anyways love the school and then it was really just like the coaching staff and kind of seeing what they were about and how it's really like it's a family here whether you're playing baseball or whether it's you're an alumni, like whatever it is, it's so tight here. So I think that was the big selling point about, you know, historically great baseball program. They had just come off like four Omaha runs. And so that plays a key role. But then just seeing the way that they, they treat the guys off of the field was was super cool and big selling point. That seems to be, you know, a continued trend that we get guys like, you know, obviously when you're picking amongst programs that are all winning programs, it's about what's that X factor. And it always seems to be about that coaching staff and that family feel. So that, I mean, that just can't be undervalued because obviously that spoke to you. That spoke to a lot of our guests when they feel like, Hey, when I come here, it feels like home. So uh, that's really, that's really cool. And then that's why you chose them. And so with that, when you get there, you know, what were the emotions like, you know, sometimes uh, people are real nervous. Sometimes people, you know, feel right at home, right off the gate. How was it for you? I would say I was really nervous. And I think a lot of it had to do with there was a ton of COVID restrictions. So we were all online. We didn't get to meet new people. It was pretty much like you show up to campus, you go to the baseball field, you don't really get to hang out at the baseball field because they don't want people spreading COVID or getting sick or anything like that. So you didn't really get to like get to know a bunch of the guys in the fall, except for the people that you were living with. And so I think that played into it. And then obviously, you know, you're away from home for the first time and one to make the team, all that sort of thing, you know, be a key role. So I would say I was a little nervous, but it helps when you've got great guys that kind of like show you what it's like to play college ball. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Daniel, you said you didn't think we had a guy. We actually do because he just, 
Jacob Gonzalez. And remember, and the thing about it was he came from California to Oxford, which is a major culture shock. And then he said he got there and there was nobody there. <laughs> so actually there, there was somebody that we did, did have that. So yeah, at least you were still in Texas, right? He came from California to Mississippi yeah. and then like nobody's there. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's completely different. Yeah. <laughs> So speaking wait, of wait, wait, before you get into that, I got one question though. You said that your top three was TCU, Stanford, and Northwestern. Like as in the Wildcats? As like, in, yeah, Northwestern. That, yeah, was like that because Chicago. of academics or like you had like some it couldn't have been just baseball, Luke? No, yeah, it, it wasn't it was majority academics. And I mean, yeah, great school. And then I, I thought about like pushing for maybe football and baseball at Northwestern. But by that time, it was, I, I was sold on TCU by that time, so I was out of the picture. Randy, you going to grill everybody who had Northwestern in their list because this isn't the first time you've went on that rant. I just I, I always <laughs> want to understand because it's like it's always like two schools on opposite ends and then Northwestern. And you know what Northwestern is most famous for is like every ESPN anchor graduated from Northwestern. Yeah, famous for journalism. So I was that's where yeah, I was going. Luke was going for his backup plan. If baseball didn't yeah. work out, he was going to work for ESPN. He's got he a face ready. for TV. That's, that's I'm not. I ain't, I ain't mad at it. <laughs> So speaking of emotions, man, uh, you know, your first games a part of TCU is at the college baseball showdown, you know, Globe Life Field, mm -hmm. six top 10 teams. Um, I'm going to go ahead and do my usual rant. Anytime we have a guest that played there, I was supposed to be there. Uh, we had a major snow ice storm, which me and Randy might be fixing to get yep. again tonight. Deja, deja um, yeah. Um, and so I couldn't even get my car out the driveway to get there. Luckily, Globe Life is amazing and refunded me, believe it or not. Y'all um, have, have fun with that. Yeah, he's in Florida, so yeah. he don't, What's he don't the temperature know. in Tampa right now? Uh, 65. It's a balmy 65. Uh, that Daniel had to put awesome. on a pullover this morning. I did. I ain't going to lie. I put on a little light jacket. And so, you know, you go there, and it's six top ten teams to start the season in a major league ballpark. Man, you're a freshman. Dude, what is that like? I mean, it, if, if I said it wasn't overwhelming, I think I'd be lying. Just being there – first time in a college experience and it's like also the teams that travel incredibly well Arkansas Mississippi State Ole Miss and so I mean they're probably having just as many fans as we are when it's 20 minutes down the road and so just being there and like going out and you're seeing guys that are you know sitting upper 90s and hitting it out of the ballpark in a major league stadium I think I mean it was definitely a cool experience but just to be thrown in there if it's like it doesn't get much better than playing against the top competition in your first weekend as a college baseball player. Absolutely. Well, cross your fingers. I, I'm, that's where I'm starting my season this year is the college baseball show. I'm coming to see you and Arkansas and all them. Um, let's let, oh, let's yeah. not happen again. All right, man. If I miss it again because I get snowed in, so help me, man. <laughs> it's, no, time, it's time it to get a helicopter. Warm. It better be warm. I got to get my own <laughs> private helicopter. It's time to get rich. Um, but, you know, uh, I have a fun question for you because I was in Omaha and obviously watched Mississippi State uh, win. You know, they were the only team from the SEC to lose, and y'all won that. So, is there any – throughout the season, do y'all ever – or not throughout the season, but at the end of the season, do y'all have fun talking about how, you know, y'all were the team that beat them? Uh, we, we have talked about it, and so that's what – Garrett was actually the one that came in and closed against them. And that's why – that was his first game. He was the same grade as me. That was his first game, pretty much just getting thrown in there against Mississippi State. And he, like, he couldn't find the strike zone to save his life. I mean, the nerves were high. He threw, like, five balls in a row. And then we joked because he got out of it with a double play where the ball was probably 110 exit velo just right at our second baseman. 
but we we have joked about it because it's like wow they go on to win the national championship but we were the team that beat them in the in the opening weekend series yeah no doubt and i do have a question for you because some teams do it some teams don't did y'all stick around or get there early depending on whether what time your game was and watch the other teams play uh, not really to watch them play. I mean, we would get them get there really early, but kind of just to get ready for the game. And then obviously we're down there, so we would watch when we could see it, but it wasn't to to scout or anything like that. Gotcha, gotcha. So, you know, on the freshman season, you made three starts as a part of uh seven appearances on the mound. Uh team was five and two in the games that you pitched, three and oh, and the games you started with a three point three two ERA. So before we talk about the team as a whole. Um, I want to talk about personal expectations. Most guys set them for your freshman season. Um, did you meet or exceed your expectations that you had for yourself? I would say I probably met just because my freshman year with COVID, we had a bunch of returner returning guys. And so I think we had like eight guys that were like 24, 25 playing in their fifth or sixth year in college baseball. So my goal was really just to be able to contribute to the team in any way that I could. And they like, when the start of the season, they pretty much told me, like, we don't know how many innings you're going to get. It might be redshirted. You don't really, we don't really know. And so halfway through the year, they kind of just like threw me in. They were like, we know that you can get outs. And they threw me in to start. And then it kind of like took off from there. So I would say at the start of the year, I probably exceeded. And then when I started to pitch, I would say I met them. You know, guys, something we've never really asked, I guess, you know, we, we talk about the negative of COVID, but when you mentioned that, th those rosters, and we've talked to so many guys, do you think, you know, college baseball is always amazing, but because of how many guys stuck around because there was only the five-round draft, do you think, like, when you talk about the talent around the nation, there was probably more talent in 2021 than there ever was? Absolutely. I mean, when we walked in on campus, it was like, these guys have been here. And it's not only, like, they had been here and they, had like, semi-contributed. It's like they had contributed for the past three years, and they're about to get an extra year. And it was like that for my whole freshman year where we'd go and play guys if it's like – this guy probably could have been a very high draft pick, but he stayed just because of the draft and COVID. And so, I mean, it was awesome to be a part of, to be able to play against that type of competition. I Absolutely. think that I'll go a step further than that. And I've said this before. I think that college baseball has never been stronger than the last couple of years because of COVID. It's ironic to say that mm -hmm. <clears throat> you lost a season, of course, for a lot of guys, but I don't think it's ever been bigger than it is right now. And part of that is, you know, doing what we do, right. Getting you guys stories out. But the other thing is, Guys with more experience, guys getting to stay. We've interviewed so many guys that, like, we just had Luke Lipschitz on. He was 38 years old when he graduated, right? I mean, got, I mean, you know what I'm saying? But that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Evan Russell, yep. he was 36. I mean, it's just – it's never – you never had – Oh, yeah. Like Jim said, the talent was so dense in college baseball. Guys that were literal pros are still playing in college. I mean, it's crazy. That, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you guys ultimately uh, win the Big 12 tournament. You know, I want to talk about that first, you know, the Big 12 so stout, you know, obviously a lot of talk about the SEC, the ACC, but we know how good the Big 12 is, man. What is it like freshman year, um, you know, being a part of a team that won the Big 12? I mean, I think that experience, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I mean, it was so cool just to be a part of that and be in Oklahoma City. I think that tournament was like one of the best experiences that I've had in college baseball. And then just kind of seeing our team like come together when we needed to, because it was like, we had a super regional host like up in the air. Nobody really knew, and we knew we needed to win. And so just to see us get hot and then like be able to hang around the guys for the whole week and then go out there and beat Oklahoma State when it's pretty much like an away game because it's in Oklahoma. I mean, it, it was it was so cool. 
So y'all end up hosting the regional, you know, in Fort Worth. You know, before we talk about outcomes of games and who you play, just talk to me about what the atmosphere is like in the postseason versus the regular season at home. I think it completely changes just because the fans are just so much more involved. I mean, I can't say enough about how great TCU fans are in the regular season because they're some of the best in the country and I'd put them up against anybody. But just when the postseason comes around, it's like everyone in the stadium knows that it's a must win. And so if anything starts to go right, then the place erupts. And so just like be a part of that atmosphere is super cool. Yeah, no doubt. And so I, I got to break the bad news to you. So your first loss came to DBU, and that would be Daniel's team. So there's that. Oh, it is. You, okay. You, you can hate Daniel. And then uh, I thought he was a uh, South Carolina fan. We I know. Yeah, he's kind of. I don't know. He well, no, he no, he wants to root for South Carolina because he said he wants to have an SEC investment. He's not an actual South Carolina fan. He's just mm. he's trying to get in the mix because we're SEC guys. But he's a DBU yep. guy. And then obviously y'all lost to Oregon State. And and when I say those two teams, and I think about that season, I think both of them would agree with me because we study college baseball so much. What did y'all do to deserve that draw? I mean, Luke, did, how do you get Oregon State and DBU in, in your your region? I I don't know. I mean, I think we talk about this all the time. Of we're like we look back at the regionals, and it's like, oh my gosh. I mean, Oregon State coming off of you know crazy seasons with an amazing pitching staff. And they were the three seed in ours. And so it's just like, goodness gracious, what did we do to des- – I don't know. I couldn't tell you what we did to deserve it. But, yeah, those teams were stacked. So, ultimately, y'all lose. You know, what, what's Coach's message, you know, to end the season, going into next season? You know, what, what's he say to you guys? Yeah, I mean, that was a, a weird time for us just because there was a lot of rumors going around with Coach Slosh leaving. And so nobody really knew what was going to happen. And I mean, he tried to pull us together. He had great message on thanking all the seniors and everything that they had done for the program and just everything that they'd poured into us. But it was really just, you know, keep your heads up. Y'all had a great year. It's an, it's amazing to win a conference championship in today's day and age and just to be able to, to would have been a super regional host site. And so, I mean, don't discount that. And obviously everyone was super disappointed. Nobody wanted the season to end that way. But I mean, yeah, he was really just trying to, to bring us together. Yeah, and I mean, winning the Big 12, like you said, in the memory that you had of that, I mean, season's not lost. Obviously, the ultimate goal is to win it all, but um, silver lining is y'all were able to do that. Like you said, you were able to, able to host. So, you know, going into that sophomore season, um, you were ranked second on the team with 25 appearances on the mound, posted a one-on-one record uh, to go along with two saves, 35 Ks on a 2.72 ERA out of the bullpen, you know, um, following the same question kind of as freshman season right out the gate, you know, as far as, you know, you're coming off that freshman season, you get a little bit of time in, you obviously get a lot of time in that sophomore season. How did you feel about meeting your expectations in that season? Yeah, I feel like uh, there were parts of the season where I met my, my expectations, where I pitched really well, and then there were other parts where I thought I could have pitched a lot better. And so I would say I probably underperformed in my eyes, but – I mean, it, it was a great year, and I loved all the guys last year. Same story. You know, it didn't end the way that we were hoping it would. But, I mean, individually, I think that I, I could have pitched better in a lot of moments. Well, you know, instead of focusing on your negatives, let's let's talk about your positive. Let's, what, was your, what was your favorite pitching moment of the season? I think my favorite moment was probably coming in against Texas Tech. Obviously, with the the family rivalry against Tech, and it was like a must-win series for us. They were number four at the time at home, so it's super loud. And came in, 
shut him down, got the save. And so I think that was super cool. And then I had like a bunch of family here because, you know, we were playing tech. So that was awesome. Rag and right. Who was your family rooting for? <laughs> I mean, they're so rooting for you to do good. Was rooting, my immediate family was TCU, but my, my like cousins and, and stuff, they had tech gear on. I, oh, I mean, I giving hope you the business me when I came in. Look, yeah, but I question any family who won't change who their team is. It's no different than Luke. <laughs> Luke, I'm telling you, look, my daughter got a letter from Alabama, and I'm a diehard LSU fan. And immediately, my friends were like, "You cool with that?" I was like, "Dude, are you kidding me? If she can go to Alabama for soccer, uh, yeah, let's 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 play absolutely play Crimson. Like, what are we talking about here? Oh yeah. <laughs> so was that your? I, I mean, this seems like an easy question because my next question was going to be was what was your favorite series? Is that still? Would that be your favorite series as well? I would say, yeah, that one or maybe Oklahoma State just because Oklahoma State's different because we went out Friday night and we just got absolutely destroyed, didn't play well, lost, I think, by like nine runs. And then that was also a must-win series for us. And so kind of being able to like bounce back and then come back Saturday, Sunday, win those games was super cool. And the bus ride home is always enjoyable when you come out and beat a top-10 team on the road. No doubt. So, you know, obviously you're not hosting the regional this time. Um, you're going to Texas A&M. We've had numerous guests, especially recently, because we've been talking SC, say um, Bluebell Park is just insane, man. It's a cult. It's hostile. Um, you know, tell me about it. Is, is it. is it what they're saying it is? Yeah, I. it is everything they say and more. And I feel like there was more hostility because, you know, they had our old head coach and – all the A&M TCU, you know, rivalries from 2014, 2015. And so that place was loud and they like to chirp and they are very unified when they chirp. I don't know where they like practice this, but <laughs> they know what they're doing for sure. The, the chirping, man. I mean, so we see some, some guys that, that chirp and they like it. It gets them going. How do you feel about the chirping? I, I think there are definitely times where it gets you going, but then there are times where it's just kind of like, you don't really notice that it's there. And yeah. so I think it kind of like varies. I think when you're doing well and they're, they're chirping, then it almost like gives you that extra edge of like, man, I, I really want to do well. And then I think there's other times where it's just like, it, it's just there, but you don't really know. Yeah. So absolutely. You, you kind of talked about it. You guys come up a little bit short having to go on the road, but you got something to look forward to right after the season, being a part of the, the U S uh, USA collegiate team. So just talk to us about that experience and what that meant to you personally. Yeah. I mean, that was incredible and what an honor to be able to go and, and to wear the red, white, and blue for USA. I mean, I feel like it's every kid's dream to be able to go out for team USA and to be around literally the best guys in college baseball. And so I think that was one of the coolest experiences of my life, just to be able to spend a week with those guys, hanging out constantly with those guys at the field and carry and just to be able to like see the talent out there, but then also to be able to know the guys, you know, playing cards on the bus rides or whatever, pregame, just hanging out at night. I think that, I mean, that was some of the best experiences. Yeah. I, I don't want you to have to like pick one, but if you could just talk about what some of your favorite guys, some of the best memories, what are those names of guys that you didn't, maybe you didn't even know before that you kind of bonded with? Cause you mentioned earlier playing with your best friends and what that meant to you. So did mm -hmm. you have any of those kind of bonds with this team? Yeah, and so I had River Riding, so he's been my best friend since high school, and he's at TCU, and then he was there, which was great. And then B-Tay or, or Braden was there, which was awesome. And then, but my roommate was Wyatt Crowell, and I love that guy. He's awesome, Florida State, so I'll be able to see him this year when we play him here. And then Paul Skeens, awesome guy. 
and never I mean, heard of him. Those two guys, yeah, no, he's 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 no, all that, right, That's guess, actually but... ironic. You would say that coming. <laughs> he was our last guest. That's he was funny. our very last guest. Yeah, no, he's he's incredible, and so to be able to hang out with those guys was really cool. All right, so for you, Luke, obviously, you know, uh, it's been proven academics is a strong thing for you, but you're always looking to learn something. What is one thing that you think you learned from that experience that you'll take with you into your career, into your life? I mean, outside of baseball, I think just the relationships that we developed that time was incredible, and I think that's what we'll take for the rest of our lives. You know, being able to see the competition is great, and, you know, go up against the best guys in college baseball, see your stuff stacks up, all that is awesome. But just to be able to, you know, develop relationships with these guys that hopefully will last a lifetime, I think that's what I'll take with me. No, awesome. So, obviously, um, and, you know, I, you guys see it, right, when when people put out these preseason top 25 polls. I mean, people say they don't read them, but you see it, right? Yeah, no, I think everybody sees it. And if not, then I, I would they're, – They're probably lying. I would be – yeah. <laughs> so – in off the bench puts out uh, our own, you know, each individual, we kind of put out some different ones. All three of us have TCU ranked in our top 14 or better and a regional host. So Jim is actually going to be there representing our podcast for the college baseball showdown in Arlington. So we got to know what does Jim need to be looking for from the Horn Frogs pitching staff or what are some names to be looking for? And don't Jim, don't mention nothing about no hot dogs being a sandwich, bro, in Arlington. I know that wasn't where you were well, last well, time. But I don't well, want to hold, hear. Hold on, let me tell you something. Since you brought that up before he goes into he actually they're playing they're playing in Minute Maid too. They're actually in the Shriners Classic also. So I might go yeah. watch, I might go Bruh. watch him just so I can get my hot dog sandwich. <laughs> All right. What are some names he needs to be looking for, Luke? Yeah, so for pitching-wise, we have Cam Brown, who I live with. Uh, Ryan Vanderai is a transfer from Kansas. Uh, Garrett Wright, he's going to be a big-time reliever. River Ridings will be a big-time reliever. No, we're not and Garrett Wright fans until yeah. he drops off 21. That's yeah, right. no, that, that's right. No, don't look for Garrett Wright until he changes his number. I'm booing him but, uh, as soon the... as I see him. <laughs> Luke, Luke how, how big is the place that you're living? You got, like, 20 roommates. I was about to ask. I live with this dude. That guy's my no. roommate. Y'all got a mansion, don't it? <laughs> We no, it's just four. So it's myself, River, Garrett, and Cam. At TCU, I have a question because uh, it's been different at different schools. Is it is a freshman? Are you in a dorm with just one roommate, and then as you get an upperclassman, you end up with an apartment with like four? Yeah, dorm is required freshman year with one, and then it's apartment, and then you can live off campus after sophomore year. I got you, got you. So you kind of mentioned some of these arms. Obviously, we're going to be looking out for Luke Savage, of course. But with all of these hitters that, you know, you get to kind of face off against, what are some names in that lineup for us to be looking for yeah. that you think are going to make a lot of noise? I mean, I think we have some of the best hitters in the country. Braden Taylor is incredible. Elijah Nunez, Trey Richardson. I mean, I think I could list probably everybody in our lineup, and I don't want to short anybody but we got a bunch of transfers that are talented guys and then you know a bunch of guys that have proven themselves in the past year so i think it, we're super excited for this year here's the fun question randy uh, you know luke who's who's giving you the most trouble you've pitched against in your in your scrimmages who's been who's been getting a hold of you Anybody? Uh, um i so i don't like pitching to elijah i i just don't <laughs> like it he's got some of the best like plate discipline i've ever seen and so I can put a pitch exactly where I want it, and it can move the exact way I want it to, and he'll just spit on it like like nobody's business. Well, Luke, so, you oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, you ready to bring this thing home or what? Ready to wrap it up? Whenever y'all are ready. 
Hey man, we're Randy. You got one one last thing before we hop into this? this no man, go ahead. No, I can't. I'm, I was just gonna say, here comes the real judgment, man. Yeah, for <laughs> sure, for sure. <laughs> oh boy. So we're we're gonna play a game called this or that. It's a game, you know. You you're not special now. You're gonna, but we are gonna be judged like we judge every other athlete that comes on here because they play the same game. Um, All right. But it's, it's very simple, Luke. Man, I'm gonna give you two options. You choose one option or the other. Can't say both. Can't say neither. Just be decisive and and just just stick with the one that calls to you, man. Gotcha. All right. You know, a little little layup question to start us off. Pizza or tacos? Tacos. Ooh, Texas. That that seems like a Texas answer. That's yeah. I, I feel like you can't say pizza from Texas. Taco. There's too many good taco places in Texas. Listen, I don't man, know. You did the best. You did. You did think about going to Northwestern now. So I mean, you that's, that's, some pizza. Hey, Chicago. Chicago pizza is yeah. Oh, it's legit. What's the best taco place? Like well-known taco place that we would know? Because I mean, everybody says Torchies, but like I feel like that's commercialized. It's good. Yeah, Torchies is commercial. It, it is really good. Uh oh man. I mean, there's it, too many places. I. I feel like the the best taco places are probably the ones that aren't well known, where it's just like hole in the wall. You show that up, you don't look like, at the health know. department score. You know what I'm saying? Don't, well, don't look around. Exactly. If, if it doesn't have La or L in front of the name, it ain't that. That's a, no, that's exactly. <laughs> no, that that's the same way if you hit a gas station around here. But Randy, I'm gonna tell you something, man. I've had two visits to the Torchies here at our local Memphis area, and it ain't the same as the one in Baton Rouge. I don't know what they're doing wrong, bro. I think that the torches in Memphis is fire. I've been. I, I go you there. You ain't been like, to the one man. in Baton Rouge. You'll change your mind. Well, yeah. you haven't been to the one in Texas because it is ten times better than the one in Baton Rouge. <laughs> yeah, y'all know they don't have a torches in in Tampa. Oh, we do not feel bad for you. Oh, Enjoy your weather, bro. You poor guy. It's Sixty-eight <laughs> degrees and sunny today. That's all right. You know, we got Los Chapos so. though. All right, Luke. What's a better what's the better feeling? Uh striking someone out with a fastball or making them look foolish with an off speed? Fastball. Fastball. Blowing it by, bringing cheese, bringing heat. I, I, there's no nothing better than that than just you know, manning up and just blowing one by them and just going, uh, what you think about that? Oh yeah. There's not a better feeling than than blowing a fastball by somebody. Let me let me ask you this though. Have you ever just said, you know what? I'm throwing a fastball here. I don't care what what my catcher puts down. I don't care. I'm I'm shaking them off. I'm going fastball. Uh, yes, yes, plenty of times. So let me ask you. Let me follow up to that. Has anyone ever made you pay? <laughs> Not too seriously. There have been a few where I shake fastball and I'm like, I'm just going to throw this as hard as I can, and it's a little too middle. And they get a hit, but nothing like – there's been no extra base hits so far. So hopefully it stays that way. Obviously, you know, if you pitch long enough, people are going to hit some bombs on you. That's that's just part, part of it. Has anyone yeah. ever hit like a massive bomb or a big-time bomb and they just decided they would flip their bat or throw it 30 feet in the air or <laughs> spin around and do – I feel like this is a dig at Randy right now in his Tennessee balls. Do silly stuff stare you down or give you the middle finger i'm sorry you don't have torchies bro okay <laughs> i mean what he's gonna he's gonna go wrong here yeah, man. <laughs> not not off of me i've seen it but not off of me let me let, let the last little piece to this long complex question 
that's not even this or that. I don't even know. Yeah, like, you you went kinda, off on a tangent, bro. I'm, I'm just curious <laughs> to know what if someone hypothetically did one of those acts. Yeah. What what would be your follow up to that? I mean, I feel like there's really not a follow up to that, just because I, it, it's my fault for giving up the home run. And I mean, That's I think there's a, there's a line, there's a line to where it's like, you know, don't don't do just something ridiculously stupid. But if they bat flip, they I mean, they can they earned it. Like it, they don't have to do it. Daniel's old it. school. He'll hear uh, Luke, let me just get I'm, to the I'm, 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 I'm letting him. I'm, I'm not letting him do that. Let me just get to the real. Cru- <laughs> let me ask you the real question. If you are pitching, and, and you, this wouldn't happen to you, I don't think it would, but we're talking like in a regional, a guy hits yep. a walk-off moonshot grand slam to win and then throws the bat. Yep. Like, he blacks out. He don't know. If you're the pitcher, is that really what you're worried about? Or are you thinking like, dang, I just gave up. a, I just lost the game. Damn. Yeah, I think if you're focused on that after losing the game, you're probably thinking about the wrong thing. And, I mean, if he, if he did that, he, he earned the right to do that, so – you know, good for him. I yeah. actually don't think the ball or the bat have landed yet. I'm just – Yeah, no, know. he brought that up because when we had <laughs> – Luke, when we had Drew Gilbert on here, Randy asked yeah. him, you know, what he was thinking when he did that. And he actually said after he hit the ball, he blacked out. He didn't remember anything afterward. I I believe it. I fully believe it. We've had pitchers say the same thing, right? Big strikeout. Like, what were you thinking? Yeah. I was thinking nothing. I, I have no idea. Yeah. I, I just – No, there are times where I go and look bit. back at the game and I'm like, I don't remember doing that at all. Hey man, I, I you're you're a better person than me, Luke. I just I I couldn't do it, and <laughs> oh, and you're petty. you're right, you're right. I would be thinking about the wrong thing in that moment, but you ain't gonna bat flip on me, and just I'm just gonna be <laughs> okay with it. But Daniel, if it's a walk off in the ninth, to Randy's point that he brought up one time, when when are you going to hit him with the ball? Are you going you going to hit him when he's rounding the bases? What, what's happening here exactly? No. You can't retaliate. No, I mean one. I would have to go wait for the ball to land. <laughs> DB, you're taking your ass back to your dugout and crying with your teammates. Okay, that's what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. I'm, that's I'm all gonna you go, can do at this point. I'm gonna go sit down and go. Hey, my bad. I feel like yeah, that dude. I feel, I feel, you feel like, like the Bengals player last yeah, night. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, Randy, this is hey, I've never seen this or that is supposed to be a faster portion. Daniel oh, has sorry. made one question. No, Daniel has made one question go off like <laughs> ten minutes. Hey. You know, this is what happens when Daniel gets another pitcher on the podcast. He really I'm just you, gets in I, there. Yeah. All right, all right. Back back to it. All right. So, Luke, you got Globe Life Field and you got Minute Maid Park on deck. Um, which one are you looking more more forward to playing in? I I'm gonna go Globe Life. Opening weekend against top ten teams. It's hard to beat that. So how do how do you guys get the the luxury? Is it just just based on distance and it being close? But how do you guys get selected to be in both of those? I honestly have no idea. I would assume it has to do with distance, and then I think it's just both have Big Twelve teams in them, and so I don't know how that that worked out. But I'm I'm definitely not complaining about it. I mean, I definitely think we talked about it before you came on. That gives y'all a chance to get really battle tested before you go into conference play. Absolutely, and I think that's what we're excited about is playing some of the the best teams in college baseball before conference to see to see where we're at and where we can improve. Yep, can't can't beat it, especially if if you guys are are trying to win the Big Twelve, man. And 
from all indications, you guys are, are, are a hot, a hot pick. So <laughs> um, what would you rather attend a bucket list concert or a bucket list sporting event? Mm, I would probably have to go concert, honestly. All right. But that in in my defense, I did attend bucket list sporting events when TCU went to, to the CFP and the national championship. So I, I guess I kind of already checked the box. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So do you cool. regret? Hold on. Yeah. Do you regret your decision on your bucket list? I'm just curious. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so concert. Who who are you seeing in concert? I mean, if you oh, say man. flat. Flatland Calvary. No, uh, I was not going to say Flatland. I mean, this is your bucket. I would have to say anybody, man. I would have to say. So I've seen Need to Breathe, but I would have to say them. But it's at Red Rocks. It has to be at Red Rocks. I've always wanted to go to Red Rocks. Same. So it's got to be specific venue. Give me Morgan Wallen at Red Rocks, baby. Let's roll. There you go. Macho Man Luke Combs, (laughs) Savage, right here. Nah, man, Red Rocks is like, I don't know. It seems like it's like got this, maybe it's been popular forever, but I just feel like over the past five or six years, it's turned into like this super popular venue to go see whatever. But hey, it's a pretty sweet setup. He wanted um, to say Taylor yeah. Sw- uh, Taylor Swift, but he didn't want to get busted out on the spot. What? You know, no, I was going to say, nobody can, get, but nobody can get <laughs> tickets to Taylor Swift, so. Good luck. Uh, would you rather be attacked by a tiger or a grizzly bear? I would have to go. I mean, I'm not surviving either, so I'm just going to have to go with a bear because it's my favorite animal. So might as well just be in awe, you know, when it's when it's going down. I mean, you who do, who do you think would do more damage, tiger or bear? Like you're, I think you're able bear, to fight probably. back. He, yeah, uh, he put probably, the best spin probably on the bear, it. but he put the best spin on it, Daniel. I mean, he went based upon the animal he liked better. So he's like, if I'm gonna die anyway, just give me the one that I appreciate more. Very true. I I, I can handle that that answer. Um, uh, would you rather save a loved one or save a hundred strangers? Would you rather be a hero to one or a hero to many? Uh, I think a hero to many. Finally, somebody's that guy. Finally, a wrong. I thought it was going to be. You know what? This actually makes sense because his family's already shunned him for going to TCU. So you're on your own. (laughs) I'm saving the group. I actually thought it was going to be Paul being that he had the military background. I thought, you know, he's going to say. I'm surprised Paul didn't say that. No, no, he he was quick, too. He's like, I'm going to save. He was so serious, like deadpan. I'm going to save my loved one. And I believed him. (laughs) We finally got a hero. I'm, I'm promoting the mess out of Luke now. This man, he he's between you know going over, doing the shoe thing, and now this. What are we talking about here? <laughs> All right, Luke. Last question, man. Would you rather betray your best friend? Now we're talking about like no turning back betrayal, or would you rather be jailed for a crime you didn't commit? Definitely jailed for a crime he didn't commit. 
not a, not a chance, man. Look, <laughs> the, these two cats are my, are, are my best friends. And I, I, I tell every person, because every person we've asked at, answers the same way. And I'll tell you the same way I told them. I would take that knife and I would stick it so far in their backs. <laughs> it wouldn't even be funny. Like, I ain't going to jail. You're crazy. Just crazy. I actually yeah. had to, uh, my Maybe. wife asked me this question. She said, like, what would you pick? And because I'm scared of my wife, I said, I would go to jail for you right now. But it's very instant. Exactly. And then when she walked away, I was I, like, hell no. <laughs> I'm just planning on like Shawshank Redemption, you know, getting out. That's my plan. With a spoon, just digging your just way dig- out. Yeah, just getting out. That's the plan. Daniel, you know what I just looked at, dude? I just looked at my schedule of all the stadiums and all the games I'm going to. I actually don't have anything March 3rd through 5th. I'm going to Minute Maid Park, and I'm going to eat a hot dog sandwich, and I'm going to watch Luke pitch. Let's mm. go. Luke. It's on. Uh, if if you were in in the Tampa Bay area, I, I would come check you out for sure. You know, but uh, I don't think yeah. Don't y'all go to Don't y'all go to Florida State? It's close enough. <laughs> no, we, we away. Away. <laughs> they're they're here this year. Ah, uh, dang! I was trying to put them. On, I was trying to put the pressure on. Don't but let they me. They do make airplanes. Me. Yeah, they they do. That's true. They do. You're very very true. I'm scrolling this schedule, Daniel. Don't let me find somewhere in Florida. I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> Uh, I mean, look. Let, let's just let's just call it what it is, Luke. Make it to Omaha, and you got a very very good chance. Well, then I hope to see you there. Yeah, absolutely. Of seeing all three of us, did we actually get you to this like this commitment? Uh, no, it's not no. He no 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 no. He did. Who, who did he commit to? He did. He did. I think it was Will Sanders. It was Will Sanders. It was Will but... Sanders from South Carolina. Exactly. Would you lie to a fellow pitcher, Daniel? Hmm? Would you? I would not, but here, here, here is the thing, Luke. I like you, man, and I, I borderline love you, and I just met you. But let me tell you this: you know who I love more? My wife. <laughs> and and this May, That's fair. this May, we're having another baby, and I guarantee you that summer is going to be rough. So getting yeah. getting out. Congratulations, but thank, yeah, thank you, Randy. Randy, do you know I once left my three week old son to go spend. Um, four days in Chicago with Daniel for his bachelor trip. I just want to put that mm. out there. I'm mm. dedicated, bro. Mm. That you, is. Oh, uh, Jim, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take you back to that question that said, "Would you rather betray your best friend or be jailed for a crime?" <laughs> 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 there, there you go, man. All right, Luke, man. For you, <laughs> before you get out of here, dude, it's been a blast. Is there anything you want to plug or promote? Uh, I mean, I just love to to plug blessed feet. You know. Check it out if anybody has time. And I mean, I appreciate y'all y'all giving me the time and being on here. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's a well set up website too, by the way, for anybody who what, checks it out. What is the Thank site you. and what can people do if they want to help out? Yeah, so it's just blessedfeet.org and we have donation buttons. So all the money that's donated goes right back into providing kids with the gear and equipment that they need. All right, y'all. IOTB family. Everybody out there on the social. Y'all better go on over to blessedfeet.org and hit the hit the donate button. It's the holidays are over. You got a couple paychecks between now and then. I mean, you got some Tax time returns be- coming back. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, you got some time. That's right. Valentine's Day. It, now's the time. Now is the time. We're about to hit baseball season. Things are going to be in the mix. Go, go do yourself a favor and go donate, man. 
Also, yes, there, there it is. Donate. Appreciate that. Oh, there it is. Right on there. it, cuz. There it is. We're going to put that out there for you. But also, if you want to know about Luke Savage, if you want to see what he's doing on just a random Tuesday, maybe it's Taco Tuesday. Who knows? Maybe it's it's Pizza Friday. I don't know. <laughs> Go on over to Instagram at LukeSavage.13, the number one three. Or if you want to see him on the diamond and see what the Horn Frogs are up to this spring, going over to at TCU Baseball. Luke, man, it's been a pleasure. Great story. We enjoyed having you, man. Hopefully, and I, I'm not going to – maybe I'll speak it to existence. Big 12 champ, run to Omaha, bring you back. We'll talk about it. What do you think? I love it. I hope to see you there. Absolutely. Well, we wish you nothing but the best and the best of luck. And if there's anything you need from us or if you need us to plug or promote anything along the way, reach out to us, man. Absolutely. And I appreciate y'all having me on. It was a blast. You got it. That's Luke Savage, everybody. If you like hearing Luke's story or you just like hearing us average Joes talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, comments, ratings, feedback, likes, thumbs up, hugs, love, all the good things. We'll, we'll take it all. But more than anything, stay away from Jim because he, he, he's, on, he's on one. And get, get, Garrett, just know you're a target. We're coming at you. Get ready to That's give right. up that 2-1 because it's coming for you. But no, we'll see everybody next week. We got episode seven. We're going to be back. In Knoxville, talking Tennessee baseball with Christian Scott. This has been the In Off the Bench podcast. As always, remember, strong body, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We're out.